Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. When you are living and walking this thing called life, I promise you, there is no way you can miss God. There is no way that you can say, mm, I'm just not sure. He will confirm things to you, the things that you're listening to, the things that you're watching, the conversations that you just happen to have. The, uh, it is no way that you can miss God because God is continuously communicating with you and those who have an ear will hear him and those who won't will just remain asleep. There is something about when God is trying to get something through to you, he will get it to you. You will not be able to say that, oh, he, you know what? I never know that he is talking and speaking and revealing and clarifying and doing all the things to bring revelation to you. But it is up to you to hear the information and do something with it. Let me tell you something I am fired up. Because I believe when God is showing you something, he is saying, listen, here is the key to the shackle that has had you in prison for so long. And if you are ready to be freed and go ahead and use the key, but I can't use the key for you. I can only afford it to you. So if you're ready to be free indeed, then use the key to unshackle and unlock yourself and come out to the other side of life where there is freedom, where there is clarity, where there's revelation and where there's fruitfulness and where there's abundance and you can live a life worth living. I am angry that the enemy allows or, or, or it just has the space in our lives to keep us blind in certain areas. My people perish for a lack of knowledge because some of the times the things that we're ignorant in, we don't even know that we're ignorant in it. And that's the most dangerous of it all. To know that you are ignorant in an area and you have no idea that you're ignorant in it until you are given another set of revelation, another set of clarification. You're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I had no idea that you were eating wrong and that's why you're having the health elements that you're having. Not because it runs in your family, because you eat the way your family eats. Oh my goodness. All the women in your family don't have successful marriages. What happens to that side of the family? I guess it's just the women. No, maybe you replicated the attitudes those women have. And so by, by default, you get the results that those women achieved. Nobody in your family is good with money. Why didn't you want to learn better? Everybody in your family has a vice. Why didn't you want to choose something different? Like, no, it is not that it runs through your family. You're allowing it to run through you. And I think you have to get to a point that you also get righteously angry and you say, yo, it stops with me. No more. No more will I be so conscious that, that I'm unconscious to the things that matter, to the little foxes that are spoiling the vine, to the little nuances, to the little bit of, listen, people are aware when they got rats, people are aware where there are rodents in their home. People are aware when, oh my goodness, you know what? We have ants and, and all these other things, but it is very, very, you have to have an eye to see, oh, there's a spider web over there. Some of the things that ruin certain things in your lives are not obvious. It's not like, hey, we're over here ruining. <laughs> you can intervene at any point if you want to. It, it's small. It, it, it's a delicate destruction. It's a quiet kind of sneaky serpent, if you will, crafty. 
And we have to be aware enough and awake enough to say, wait a minute. Let me go ahead and get my spiritual broom and start sweeping some of this area. Because most of the time, the spider webs in our spirits are areas that we don't naturally frequent. Or that we think that we frequent it, but we only approach it in one way. And so you leave a whole nother facet alienated. So you're thinking, oh no, I'm good with money, but you only approach money one way. Oh, I'm good with relationships, but you only approach relationships one way. Logically, emotionally, you only go ahead and visit that particular area in one vein. So guess what? The other sides of the facet is, is collecting cobwebs because you don't frequent in that area. There is, I, I am angry and I will tell you where this is coming from. All of my life, I have been under the impression that I am good with money because I am a planner. I'm good at budgeting. I am frugal. I spend necessities. I splurge here and there if I need to, but that's not my for, for, you know, that's not my top language. I'll spend on the kids and whoever else before I spend on myself. I thought that that was an honorable, humble thing to do. Yeah. Let my son go ahead and ask me for something. My daughter or my husband, like let it quick, fast in a hurry. But, but I struggled to go ahead and get me something from Dollar Tree. So I always thought that that was me being cautious me sticking to a plan, me being, you know, responsible. And it wasn't until this last particular, I want to say a couple of days, maybe even a week or so that God's really been getting my attention. And the drive home has been literally not even in the area of money, but if there is anything in your life that you depend on and that makes you feel comfortable. That's how you know that you're depending on it. That it brings you a level of comfort because it's, it's a certain way. If there's anything in your life that you depend on more than God, then you have made an idol of the situation. If you feel like, you know what, as long as I got my best friend, then I'm good. I'm not scared anymore. As long as I got my husband or my wife, I, you know, I, I can go ahead and move through that. As long as my children, blah, 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 then, you know, it, there's nothing that I can't face. As, as long as I go ahead and, and keep these connects and these networking situations in my phone or in, in my LinkedIn or whatever, then I always have a, a job. So I'm good. Oh, no, as long as I have this amount of money saved up, then I'm good. Like you have put an idol in the place where God should be because it never should be that anything or anyone is the reason why you feel comforted uncomforted. Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? And my gosh, I don't think that we realize that's what's happening. I don't think we are under the impression or are aware enough to understand that the reason why the blessings are delayed is not because God is slow to hear and slow to move. It's because you already have, you selected your God already. So once you go ahead and tear down your idols, tear down those things that you low key worship. Once you tear that down, then God can take his rightful place and he can give you what's a part of your rifle. You're an heir to the kingdom. And I'm like, oh my goodness. No wonder it was so difficult for me to walk off the job that time because I had in my head, as long as I have a job and as long as I have consistent income, then I'm good. Then I can go ahead and step out and do the things that God wants me to do. Because as long as I have something coming in consistently, then I feel comforted and I can go ahead and move in the vein that God wants me to. Excuse me? 
as long as you have a, you'll follow God. As long as this is in order and intact, then you can go ahead and do the courageous things and walk in your purpose. I'm sorry. What is happening? And here I am thinking that I'm waiting for God on the details. I don't hear exactly what he's saying. He wants me to do, you know, like I, I told you before, I said, man, I would love if God gave me my set of directions the way that he gave it to Noah when he was building the ark. He was very clear. Well, what kind of wood, sir? Gopher. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. What kind of cubic units? Oh, don't even worry. Like Noah had the A to Z on how God wanted it to be done. And that... Oh my goodness, like that is so palatable for me. I love being spoken to that way because it leaves no room for error. It leaves no room for, mm, I think I heard. No, you don't have to think. He already said it. You just got to follow the rules, follow it to the T, and you get what he said you're supposed to get. The end. But then God was like, yeah, th I know that's, that's how you like to be spoken to, but I don't want to speak to you in that way anymore. So I'm going to, I'm not even going to give you the, Hey, you should leave your job, blah, blah, blah. And, and let that be the voice anymore. I'm just going to mm, make you feel certain things, make you see certain things, let certain things start to develop in you, you know, kind of mess. Let, let me take my hand off of the comfort of the guardrails that you used to be okay with. Cause as long as the guardrail is up, then you was okay with driving. But now that I've taken some of the guardrails down, now you're like, I, I don't know how to drive. No, no, no. That's not true. You've been driving this whole entire time. You're just saying that you felt more comfortable driving in life. You felt more comfortable driving in this lane. As long as there is something visible and tangible directing, okay, I'm still on the right path. And God doesn't want to speak to you like that for your entire life. So he started making me feel things. And I started experiencing things that were outside of what I know that God said. Listen, he cannot say that peace is a byproduct of a spiritual fruit. And I'm not experiencing that. He cannot say in Psalms that we're supposed to have sweet sleep and I'm having insomnia at night. We beat that in the name of Jesus. He cannot say I'm reading these things in the Bible and I'm like, but I'm not experiencing that. And so it's one of two things. Either the Bible was a lie and, and everything that it's saying is not true or I'm experiencing a totally different thing because I am not complying with what God is trying to show me. If God is saying, yo, you need to add more milk, you need to add more eggs, you need to add more of this to your recipe, and then you add what you want and you taste the recipe and you're like, how come it don't taste like yours? Because you didn't do what I said to do. You didn't add what I told you to add because then it makes sense to you because you felt like, oh, that's too expensive. What's the cheaper way I can do this? And so you're trying to cut corners on what God told you to do that now you're trying to figure out how come I'm not getting what God said for me to have? How come I, like I heard this in my heart? I know this to be true. So why am I not getting it? And it's because you're not getting it. You know how I know you're not getting it because you're not applying it. He said, don't date right now. And you're like, oh, God, that's kind of hard. He said to get on social media. Oh, I mean, but I don't really, that's my only real means of entertainment. He said, walk off the job. He said, stop talking to that family member. He said, go rekindle that friendship. He said, he's telling you to do stuff. And because it's kind of opposite of what you feel like you wanted to do in this season, you're cutting corners. And so guess what? God is not a cut corner guy and you are not going to experience what he has for you in the way that he wants you to experience it, doing it the way that you want. What did Jesus say when he was in the garden of Gethsemane? 
when he was praying so hard that he was sweating like blood drops. He was saying, bro, if you could take this cup from me, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I feel like hiding, but you'll probably be there too. So I don't want this, but your will be done. It's okay to tell God I'd rather do this another way. It's okay to express, man, I wish this was easier. It's, it's okay to say, man, I wish it was another route. But at the end of it all, what's your final say? And your final say, your final posture, your final step in life should be and let your will be done. Period, point the blank, and that's that, and that's that on that. And here, I, I, I am so angry with the enemy. I'm angry. I'm not even going to place the blame on us because we, we're just mere dirt. We're mere mortals, right? But once your eyes are open, don't you dare close it again. Once you get that revelation, don't you dare go back to being ignorant. No, there's no such thing as, no, 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 no. We are not doing this. I literally just had to open up my spirit and I said, God, transform me the way that you see fit. No more of this dead living. No more of this, uh, this, uh, you're awake, but you are very much sleep. And not like the woke culture, but it's like, yo, God is very simple. You do this, you get that. You don't do this, you don't get that. Please don't do this but you got free will <laughs> very, very simple. And when you are not seeing something in your life is more so because of probably how you see God. Yo, I had to reprogram my mind. I said, no, you don't serve a just in time. God, he's a on time God, because if you live on the seat of he's a, he's a just in time God, then that means you will always be, at the apex of the suspense of your life, it would always seem like, dun, 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 dun. like you would always be at the edge of your seat. You will always be tiptoeing and trying to figure out you will. When will you get the chance to just relax and recline in God? When will you get a chance to just lay on his bosom and let him lead you? When do you get a chance to do that? You don't because you have already customized him to be a just in time God. Instead of an on-time God, he knows what you need before you ask. He knows what you need before you ask. You, matter of fact, when you do ask, you don't even do it in the right way. That's why the Holy Spirit has to pray on your behalf. And then you have the angels and Jesus and all of them backing you up in the heavenly courts. Like, listen, it, I, I hate to burst a bubble, but spoiler alert, you don't know the right way to get to God. But he knows the right way to get to you. All he needs is your yes and amen. That's all he needs. He needs you to be present and he needs you to be willing. He doesn't need for you to be excellent and, and the top scholar and what it is that you feel like you're called to do. That's why you're making so many excuses, Moses. But God, I don't know how to speak. Sir, he didn't ask you all that. And as a matter of fact, when you tried to bring that up, he was like, but who made the mouth? Oh, okay. So shut up. If I wanted to mute you like the way I did Hezekiah, I would. I control all of this. And the fact that you don't realize that is even stunning to me, sir. So again, I ask you, go ahead and tell Pharaoh and do what I asked you to do. You don't get to disqualify yourself. If I called you, you don't get to do that. 
And I just had a, I'm talking about four, five minutes before I called you, I had a, yo, let's go moment with myself. We're not living this way no more. We are not living in the way that looks like we're looking at the bills and we're wondering what's going to happen. What do you mean what's going to happen? It's going to work out. How? None of your business. That's between the Lord and the bills. <laughs> you understand? As long as you're not doing anything reckless, as long as you're not racking up like, wow, you still adding to that? Oh, okay, you must have forgot about the rest of that stuff. As long as you're not being irresponsible to the point of like, yo, you literally are spending on luxury. You literally are spending on just not even once at this more. You just like, eh, I just, I'm just spending a spin. That's irresponsibility. But irresponsibility is not that you want something from the Dollar Tree. Irresponsibility is not that you wanted to do, get you an extra snack, but it's not in the budget. Like, yo, like loosen up some. Like, seriously, I had to just, oh, like, you cannot say that you are part of the kingdom. That's not poor. That you are an heir to the throne of Jesus. That doesn't sound like poor. You cannot be a part of royalty and have a peasant's mindset, a peasant's lifestyle. Like what is going on? I bind that in the name of Jesus. I don't care what family you came from. You're a part of loyalty, royalty. Now you are an heir to the kingdom. I don't care what family you came from. I don't care what your last name is. I don't care how your family handled money. That is not a part of your heritage anymore. That is ancestry. God has a different destiny for you. I am over it. I just had an awakening real talk. That's why I'm on. I'm on hype right now because it literally was like time out, God. I'm sorry. And I'm, he's having me literally, I am listening to things that is filling my spirit. And while I'm think I'm filling my spirit on things that I think I need, he's having videos and podcasts and all other things that are popping up with, with, with titles and things that I didn't even know that I needed. Then I'm like, wait a minute. I just finished listening to Joyce Meyer literally say that in the first couple of years of her marriage with Dave, that she stayed home. And that every year her husband was getting a, a Christmas bonus and that she was depending on their savings account to get them through every month. And that her husband had to say to her, you know, God's not going to bless us is if what you're depending on is anything other than him. And so she said that she was like, you know what, forget it. And she changed her mindset and she said he was right. And so I had to, when I, I'm the kind of grandbaby that when I'm viewing something, if it piques my interest in any kind of way or it gives me a <clears throat> in my soul, I kind of, I do a litmus test. And I ask myself, because I'm going to be 100 with myself if with nobody else. And I ask myself, are you depending on anything outside of it solely being God? And I had to say yes. And I was a little ashamed. I ain't going to hold you. I was like, you are? Well, what are you depending on? My budget plan, my savings account, my ability to think through a, a problem that comes up financially. Um, at one point, it was the job. Um, you know, th that's why uh, when I would apply for, uh, um, I wouldn't leave one job unless I applied for another. Because, you know, even though there's wisdom in that, no, I was depending on I can't afford to skip a direct deposit. No, like, because it will mess up my plan. It will mess up my budgeting plan. It will offset my monthly whatever. And I was like, really? 
So, okay, let's go a little further than that. Are you depending on these things to the point that there are some things that you want to do, some things that you feel led to do, but you will not go ahead and step out and do it until those things are in the order in which you feel comfortable? And my answer was yes. There are some things you want to do but and you feel led to do, but you will not do it until your finances are lined up until you feel like my financial plan is where I want it to be, until you feel like, okay, but I need there to be a certain amount of income coming in before I do. Are you serious? And and I'll I'll be honest. I heard the first time around that I said that and questioned myself, I heard responsibility. Like, well, duh, it makes sense. Until God had me listen to something else that was literally outside of, you know how you listen to a sermon or something, and it's like, oh, okay, that title is what I want to listen to. And then they rabbit trail, and you're like, time out, God, are you talking to me now? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's exactly what, what happened. I was listening to something from T.D. Jakes, something completely different. And he literally said that when he was, he never wanted, he never saw himself producing movies. The woman that are loose and all of that. He never saw himself doing that. What him and Sarita, his wife, was originally doing, they were putting on church plays. But he said he was making so many mistakes, he couldn't figure out how to get it off the ground. He didn't know the first thing about business, and he was just like, huh. And then he collaborated with Tyler Perry when Tyler Perry was sleeping in a car. And so then that's when the two of them came together and put on the play, Woman Thou Art Loose. And so then they had the idea, they had somebody in the audience, I forget the person's name, but they were like, yo, this was so dope. I want to go ahead and make a movie from this. He was like, oh, that's a big step. He just wanted to do plays and, and then possibly make it like a TV kind of situation. And you skipped TV, you went straight to the big screen. And so T.D. Jake said that he said to the guy, but we don't have the money. And the guy said, the money? We can raise the money. Let's go ahead and, and, and step out and, and start to put this into production. And T.D. Jake said, that's the first time that I noticed the difference in mindsets between someone who's business-minded and someone who's not. He said he was waiting for the money to make the move. And the guy was like, no, you make the move. We'll figure the money out later. And so I'm like, okay, God, what does this have to do with the time? Because <laughs> that's how I know he got my attention. He was speaking to me. And that's why I started this conversation off with, listen to me. God will talk to you. He will speak to you. I don't care if you're listening to a rap song. In the middle of the rap song, there'll be a little ad lib. And you're like, God, that was for me. <laughs> like, seriously, he will use everything in his power to get to you. If you are open enough to hear him, those with ears, let him hear. And so all of these things are starting to, I'm talking about literally within the last 48 hours, I'm like, okay, that got my attention. Hmm. And I'm taking these mental notes and I'm taking these mental notes. And the big ta-da came from me listening to Joyce Meyer today on this particular subject. I was like, yo, God, I rebuke myself. I bind up whatever seed was planted that even makes me think in this way. I am apologetic and I am, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm so sorry that I looked at you as a just in time guy that I looked at you like, oh, okay, you know, you give me the situation, but then I got to figure it out that I, I didn't 
fully see you as a God who leads, feeds, and covers. I looked at you as just a, like a, like an earthly God, like you're present, but I have to figure it out. That, that you provide, but I got to fend for myself. Like, oh my goodness, God, I am sorry. It's because of my circumstances. It's because of my experiences. And we can blame everything else in the past, but you know what? From this moment on, my path will be different. My perspective will be different. My walk in life will be different. You don't have to baby me with all the details in order for me to feel comfortable enough to walk with you. You don't have to say, okay, all right, so you did A, good job. Next is B. Oh, you did B. And then you got to coach and, and pacify me through B for me to even get to C. I want to grow up where you can just say A, B, C. And then I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to keep going until you come back and say something different. I'm going to keep walking in this path until you tell me to do something different. But what I won't do is stop because I'm not comfortable. What I won't do is stop because I'm not seeing the variables I want to see in place. What I won't do is stop. I am over it. I am over it. We are walking in faith, period, period. And he let me read something that I was like, and you know what? Cherry on top. It's a done data, sir. Yeah. Like, let me explain something to you. When I wake up and I'm hitting my chest, when I wake up, we up. If you around me, I am not whispering no more. We all up. Get up. <laughs> you understand? I'm going, I'm walking around the house with like, like a, like a mad woman. Like, listen, rebuke that in the name of Jesus, but we all up. And ain't no way I'm going to let nobody else around me, through me, connected to me, any kind of way, say sleep. Because I know that we're all sleep in our own rooms, which means we're all sleep on things that your variable may not be money. It may be something else. But you know what? You can use the principle, what am I depending on as a level of comfort that I'm not willing to step out on faith until that thing is in place? You're looking at that thing to be in place for you to be obedient. And God is like, I need you to look at me and be obedient. We up now. Alarm clock is on. Ain't no snooze. Like, oh my goodness. I could run a tri-marathon right now is how I'm feeling. But what really brought it home is I read the story about Blind Bartimaeus. Let me explain something to you. Ain't going to ever be nobody named Blind Bartimaeus that has more faith and a better faith walk than me. I'm going to have a problem. Let me explain something to you. I'm a lot of things. But I think low-key in my spirit, I think I'm a little competitive when it comes to some of these uh, Bible situations because I ain't going to hold you. I looked at Enoch, and I was like, why, why are you so close with God that he went ahead and just lifted you up and you ain't get to die? Like, that's nothing. What you mean? What, what you did with God that he like, He loved you like, like that? Because I know the Bible says he don't have no favors, but like, mm-mm. You can't be closer to God than me. Like, that's how I feel. Move, Enoch. Excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm, mm -mm, we getting ready to like, I'm getting ready to get there too. Watch this. But blind Bartimaeus, sir, shouts out to you in the lifestyle that you had. Because let me explain something to you. You lit a candle that will never be able to go dim. And when it's something that I learned, when it's something that does something to me, guess what? Everybody going to get this work. Do you understand that? I read blind Bartimaeus and I was impressed because when I read it the first time I read it in the way that I would have done it and then when I read it the second time I was like bro you 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 kind of you one up in me and I don't like that I told you I'm a little competitive in the spirit okay listen Mark 10 NLT version you know I read uh let's start at verse 46 then they reached Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples left town a large crowd followed him 
A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 48. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up. They said, come on. He's calling you. 50. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. 52. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Yo, okay, I'm gonna try not to scream in your ear because I, I know how that could feel. But no, hold on. Oh, let's go. Let me explain something to you, bruh. I'm reading this in pure shock. Because I really understand now that wherever you're at in life, that's what God allows you to see. It's like when you get a car or you have a car idea in your mind, now all of a sudden you're seeing the car on the road. It's like, oh my goodness, you get a pair of shoes. Now you're starting to see other people with it. You're like, what? I don't understand. It's because the mind is open to whatever you become receptive to. And so now I'm looking at it and I'm like, time out, um, Barney. <laughs> oh, real quick. First of all, Shouts out to him not being a people pleaser. Because some grandbabies definitely told him to be quiet. You embarrassing us. Shut up. Definitely told him to be quiet. And the Bible says, but he shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. <laughs> yeah, because he's going to say it again. Yeah, because cause what y'all thought. Yeah, listen, buddy been blind. He, he The Bible um, described where he was at before describing his name. The Bible calls him a blind beggar. Yeah, but buddy's been doing something that required for him not to care about what people thought about him a long time ago. Huh? Get the word. Yeah, he, he blind and begging. He's been doing that for how many years? We don't know, but you know what? He's been doing it long enough that if he cared about what people thought, he probably would have been the starving beggar. Hmm. If he cared about it, he, if he was going to care about what people thought he would have cared about it a long time ago. Maybe the Bible just would have had him as a blind um, person named Bartimaeus. Okay. But it, but the beggar part just shows he's not really caring about what you think, ma'am. So you may just want to go ahead and get the spirit of the shut up. Okay. But shouts out to him. And, and that's another thing. God will use what you've had to use in your life to push you through to the next level. If he wasn't afraid of begging, you think he's going to be afraid of, of begging Jesus? If he wasn't afraid of begging people, you think he's going to be afraid of begging Jesus for some mercy? If he wasn't afraid of begging people for money, you think he's going to miss the opportunity to beg Jesus to see? You bugging. Yeah, that begging muscle was going to be for his good. Y'all looked at it like, oh, that's embarrassing. He out here begging. But guess what? He got healed, though. Yeah, he built a muscle that most people wouldn't do. Most people would have went ahead and said, oh, they told me to be quiet. I'm going to go ahead and be quiet real quick. No, but that muscle has been built for so long. Now it's being used for the kingdom. Hmm. So shouts out to him for not being a people pleaser. That, that's the good grandbaby in him. The other thing that really got me was this. But he only shouted louder. Okay. When Jesus heard him, he stopped 
and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Pause. Jesus, Jesus, what you mean tell him to come here? He can't see, sir. Sir, why did, if you stopped, why didn't you go to him? If, if you stopped and you heard him, why didn't you tell the disciples or the people around him, bring him to me? Why was it tell him to come here? And God was really working in me on this because the place that I was stuck at up until this conversation was I need the details. I need God to come get me. I need God to, um, it's almost like you're not two no more. Nobody has to have their arms out to say, come here, come here. Like, no, you can walk. No, it would be weird if somebody was doing that to a 40 year old. Come on, you can do it. But yet you want Jesus to do that to you in the spirit. Like, no, he knows that you can walk. He's blind. The Bible didn't say he was crippled. The Bible says he's blind. So why would you want Jesus to treat this blind man? Like he was crippled. No, Jesus stopped. Tell him to come here. I was like, but, but he can't see, but he can hear, but he can walk. So why would you want Jesus to pacify him in totality when he's only missing one of his senses? Blew my whole way of thinking to smithereens. I said, yo, here I am waiting for God to give me detailed Noah Ark instructions. And God is like, if you needed that to get what I have for you, I would give you that, but you don't need that. So stop looking for me to pacify you. Stop looking for me to hold your hand through every single thing. Stop looking, just walk, come to me, tell him to come here. And then the fact that Bartimaeus wasn't even like, say it again. I can't wait. Say it again. Marco, like he wasn't trying to coordinate. The Bible says Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Uh, Sir, you wasn't nervous that you wasn't going to get to him. You wasn't like, matter of fact, let me crawl because I don't want to bump into nobody or (laughs) nothing crazy. But no, it sounds like buddy is northwest a little bit to the 15 degree parallel. So this is just where I'm walking and I'm going mm, and I'm going to walk to him. And if I'm not walking in the right area, then I know he's going to correct me. But if the time that I, but the next time that Jesus talks, he says, what do you want me to do for you? So Bartimaeus found his way. He found, he found his way. And here you are not moving because God, can you say it again? And here you are not moving because wait a minute, I need somebody to help me. I can't see. And you, here you are because I I never walked to Jesus before. And here you are, you're delaying your own self. And blind Bartimaeus was like, nope, won't be missing this experience. Nope, won't be missing this blessing. Nope, won't be missing this. I'm going to jump up and I'm going to walk. And if I'm not walking in the right way, then guess what? He'll say something. But it won't be because I didn't walk. And it won't be that I didn't walk expeditiously. And it won't be because I depended on somebody else to get me there and it won't be because everything wasn't in divine order first and it won't be because I wasn't comfortable and it won't it won't be nothing of my doing I'm gonna jump up put this thing aside and walk to Jesus period thank you Barty thank you for coming through with the word on the blind beggar flow something about that was like time out Jesus said one thing to him tell him to come here 
tell him to pull up. Barty was like, say no more. I'm pulling up, sir. <laughs> and I don't know what the radius was, but he got there. And then it was, well, what do you want me to do for you? No stuttering, no delay, no trying to be humble. No, if you could, mm, not even, buddy, he never seen before. Why didn't he just say, God, if you can just pay my bills for the, for this month. God, God, if you can just go ahead and, um, you know, pay, pay, just, it would be awesome if you paid it for the rest of the year. I ain't going to hold you. God, if you can just go ahead and bless me with this amount of money. If you, I mean, after all, he's the blind beggar. You've been begging all this time. Why don't you just beg on a different level? Maybe you were asking people for dollars. Now you can ask Jesus for something, you know, maybe hundreds. Just beg on a higher level. But Buddy knew something that kind of just blows my mind. He was like, I don't want to beg no more. I, I want Jesus to give me something that nobody else can't give me. I, I don't, I don't want to apply to jobs no more and people tell me no. I want a lucrative business. No, I don't want him to just go ahead and bless me for this month. I want him to give me a, a billion-dollar business idea. I want him to give me an invention. I want him to give me some type of, I, I want to invest. Give me the insight on how to invest my money, how to use my money. I want to do stuff with my money that nobody, I don't have to beg anybody else for an opportunity. I don't have to beg for a raise anymore. That I don't have to beg anymore. I don't want to come to Jesus in this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and just beg on a different level. I want him to cease my ability to ever beg again. I want to see. But he said, Rabbi, I want to see. Because that will cease the begging for the rest of my life. Sometimes you're asking God for another step in your symptom and you're not asking him to just remove the thing that gives you the symptom in the first place. He's only begging because he's blind. How do I know that? Because that's how the Bible describes him, a blind beggar. So if you take away the blindness, I don't have to beg no more. If you take away what's binding me, I don't have to do what comes after that anymore. I don't have to do this anymore if you heal the thing that is binding me. Yo, Barty, low-key, wow, sir. Wow. Go, Jesus says, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. The first time that you opened up your eyes, you didn't go back and be like, ha! And y'all had something to say, what's good, Miley, what's good? Like, you, you didn't go back and tell the people, oh, yeah, you were saying be quiet, what's up? so what's up? Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing now? Uh, you, you didn't go back to flaunt, flaunt your, you, you, you didn't have to show them? Yeah, because they about to see me. Because <laughs> you can see them now, like, you ain't doing none of that. But he was like, I'm not wasting this opportunity on people who didn't believe in the first place. I'm going with the person that gave me the sight to begin with. Instantly, the man could see what you do after that. And he followed Jesus down the road. And he followed Jesus down the road. Hmm. Hey, I will never see situations the same again. This 
was truly a different kind of eye opener, a different kind of, wow, just when you think that you're living, just when you think you have faith, just when you think that you're being responsible, just when you think you don't even realize a blind beggar got more faith than you. A blind beggar is a little bit more spiritual than you. And let me tell you something, um, Barty, you cool, but you're not gonna want you're not gonna want up me, sir. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you. I can't. I just and and you know it may be spiritually petty, um, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh raise you a bar, yeah, cause like no, do you see what I'm saying? Mm. So I just wanted to challenge us all to just have this level of blind faith. Not blind where you don't know where you're going. You don't know who you're, what's going to happen. You don't know. Listen, stop, stop focusing on what you don't know and zone in on who you do. Buddy didn't know how to get to Jesus. Buddy didn't even know that him screaming out for Jesus was going to yield anything. He was a blind man with a super amount of faith, period. That's how I want you to start looking at blind faith. You understand? And that's your challenge. But all right, listen, uh, feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm, I do. Uh, you know what these conversations are, though, right? Yeah, they are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that you need to be on www.created2multiply.com. Your girl got a YouTube created to multiply.com. Your girl got a Patreon with the text and blogging community for Shrive, the letter N, inspire.com. Listen, all the things, all the things. Uh, this is, I'm going to go ahead and let you know now. I, we're going to be talking different. Yeah, because I'm just, I'm not interested. I, yeah, the enemy, you, you, you've been served. I'm done. Yeah, we, we vacating all that other mindsets and things that used to hold us down before. Mm -mm, we're done. And when I say I'm done, we're done, I mean that we're done. Yeah, because you coming with, okay? <laughs> Dope. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. All right? We talk later? Of course we will. All right. Later.